Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads in Rockford, Illinois. Now let's join Pastor Jared with today's message. turn to the word, I want to ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 7. We'll be referring to uh, an encounter that Jesus had with a centurion in verses 1 through 10. And and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all 10 verses, but I'll kind of paint the picture for you as we start. And we'll refer to a few things as we're there. And I do encourage you to, uh, to look at that story, you know, maybe this week in your own personal devotion because it's, it's a powerful story, it's a unique story, it's kind of one that um, kind of stands out in a number of ways just because of how Christ responds to that man and then the, the truth and uh, the principles that are being um, kind of highlighted. But before we really kind of get down to the the specifics, I just want to kind of make very clear this morning the bullseye that I'm trying to hit and really the the truth, the principle, the reality that I'm wanting to to fill our, our thoughts, our heart, because it's something that we can lose, it's something that can become hazy, it's something that uh, we can be forgetful about as we kind of walk the journey of life and we go through the things that we go through and we we face the challenges that come our way oftentimes those things are trying to make us forgetful about what this encounter with the centurion is reminding us of and and then the principle is this if you have put your faith in jesus christ and he is your lord and you are walking with him and 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 you're in your, your heart's desire is to be a disciple that is conforming to His image and becoming more like Him. You do not have to live a defeated life, but rather you can walk in victory. There's, there's, there's a victory that is available to the children of God that is unique to us because of what Christ has done. And oftentimes that's something that has to kind of be blown out of our lives or washed out of our lives because before we come to faith in Christ, we're, we're used to defeat. We're used to not quite hitting the mark. We're used to failure and heartache and circumstances that are painful. But when we come to Christ, He delivers us to the degree that we can walk in a victory that was purchased on the cross through Him. So today, If you're just feeling a little bit defeated in an area, I trust that the Word of God this morning is going to remind you that in Christ there is a pathway to victory, but you have to follow Him. The reason why this story takes us to that place is because there's, um, there's an encounter that happens here. You know, Jesus is making his way to a city, and a centurion hears that Christ is coming. 
And um, as he hears of the arrival of Jesus, he sends out some uh, Jewish religious leaders that he knew, and he said, would you tell Jesus to come and, uh, and, and, and to, to speak a word because I have a servant that is sick. And as Christ comes, the word you know, comes back to Jesus, the centurion says, you know what, Lord, don't even come into my house because I'm not worthy to even have you in my house. But I know that if you just speak the word, it will be done. Speak the word and it will be done because you have authority, Jesus. And as a, as a Roman soldier, I understand authority, the centurion articulates. He says, you know, I, I say to a soldier, do this, and they do that. I say to a servant, you know, this is what needs to be done, do it, and they do it. And then what makes this encounter just really stand out in my mind is how Christ responds to the man, who's a Gentile, by the way, right? He's a Roman centurion. And it says that Christ is amazed and he marvels because of the man's understanding regarding authority and because of the faith that he had. And in fact, Jesus takes it to the level where he says, I have not seen faith and understanding like this in all of Israel. So I read that. And I, and I take it in, and I process it, and I say, you know what, this is something to take note of. <laughs> this is something to pay extra special attention to, because there is something valuable and unique that is being communicated here, and Jesus is so amazed by it that he says, you know what, Pharisees, you know what, brothers, you know what, nation of Israel, you, you, you need to see what this guy's got, because I haven't seen it throughout all the land. What is being emphasized here is authority, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk to you today about kingdom authority. I want to talk to you today about the authority of the believer. And it's an authority that is available to you if you are in Christ. But really to kind of start to unpack this topic, we've got to kind of rewind all the way back to the garden. Because when, when God created Adam and Eve, they were unique among the creation, right? We were the only portion of creation that was made in the image and in the likeness of God. And because of that, mankind held a, a very special place. In that the Word says that they were given dominion over the rest of creation. You know, meaning that, that, that mankind was called to rule, mankind was called to reign, that there was a, a heightened level of responsibility in regards to creation that surrounded us. And, and, and Adam and Eve held that special place of dominion because God gave it to them. But then sin comes and that is lost. And man is brought under the dominion of sin. Slaves to sin. But the good news is, a second Adam came, and his name is Jesus. And on the cross, through his shed blood, 
through his resurrection, through his ascension, and through, through his um, being seated at the right hand of the Father in a place of authority, that which was lost was restored. And we can now walk in it again because we are under a new covenant. A new covenant that has restored an authority to mankind. And it's a kingdom authority. And I I want us to comprehend that this morning because it's, it's essential to living out the Christian life. And there are three things today that we are going to look at that help us to live out and to walk out and to experience this authority that Christ has restored through the cross. And I'm going to begin by this. It's the source of kingdom authority. Where does it come from? It's, 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 it's not a, a pride or a position that man has in and of himself, but rather it comes from one who is higher than us, from God himself. In fact, uh, the point that we see here in verse 8 is this, that all authority comes down from a higher power. The centurion says, For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. I say to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. So you cannot gain or walk in this authority based upon your own strength, your own ideas, or your own efforts, but rather it has to come from above. And it only comes from knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to take a little detour this morning because in worship I wrote something down that uh, Thursday night didn't get and I don't know if 10 o'clock will get it. Alright? But here it is. And I, I want you to kind of Use this to evaluate where you are at in your life and what you have submitted yourself to because the reality is you are under the authority of what you place yourself under. That can be a person. You, know, you can give a person you know, undue influence and authority over your life. You know, for whatever reason, you, you size them up and you think they are greater than, better than, you know, worthy to be under. You know, maybe they meet a, a need, and sometimes it's an emotional need. Sometimes it's, it's um, a, 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 a need that, uh, as it becomes filled, it, it, it gives us value, and it causes us to, to have an esteem with us that rises. And, and when we yield ourselves to someone other than the Lord, we give them power over us. And then what they begin to say begins to rule our life. The expectations they place upon us are the things that we begin to live for. So we, we, can, we can place ourselves under an authority that is not godly. And then that is a, a snare and a trap that the devil lays for the people of God. And he's very good at it. It's, it's why we have to be mindful of the Scriptures that tell us, you know what, the devil can masquerade as an angel of light. In other words, he can, he can give an appearance that on the outside looks good, 
but at the core is corrupt and is not for your good, but rather for your destruction. And the amazing thing that this Gentile centurion understood was that he needed to place his life under a higher authority, and he recognized that Jesus was that authority. He was not running to uh, another earthly authority to see his servant healed, but rather he was going to the highest authority there was, and that was Jesus. In church, Christ is the only authority that we are called to submit to. He is the one that we must place our lives under. And when we do that, He gives us an authority to follow Him and to live for Him. So in some ways, you may have said to yourself in the past, I don't think I have what it takes to do what I read in the Bible. And you know what? That's true, you don't. And that's why you need a Savior. And that's why you need to stay under His authority. And when you do that, you have authority. You have authority to stand against everything that wants you to go the other way. Let me share with you a story that kind of illustrates this point and it is uh, something that we're all going to be familiar with it's it's kind of a it's a social construct uh, within our society that reflects this point and it is that um, our law enforcement officers have an authority that has been given to them by someone of higher authority It's the reason why when you are driving down the road and you see lights, you pull over. And I I, want to share with you a um, a story, an experience that I had that uh, I've just been kind of dying to fit into a sermon at some point. (laughs) Because I had a unique experience, I believe, about a year ago. Um. It was a Tuesday night. We had a board meeting here at the church. And uh, we concluded the meeting at about 10.30. You know, probably about half the guys on the board, you know, left right away, got back home. A couple of them had some things that they wanted to talk about and so on and so forth. So as we uh, wrapped up, uh, you know, those final conversations, you know, two or three guys left before me and and I was the last to leave because I'm turning the lights off and locking the door and doing all that kind of stuff. And as I get in my truck I, and I head towards the drive on Harrison, I, I come around to the front and I see a squad car underneath our carport. Now that is not unusual. In fact, that is something that we encourage. Uh, Cherry Valley in Winnebago County, they love to sit under our carport and fill out paperwork. And, and if it's raining, it's a really good place for them to you know, just kind of stay dry, and so on and so forth. And, and, and we've gone as far as to encourage it to the degree that uh, there's been times that we've taken, uh, you know, uh, bottled water out to them and just kind of things to bless them and help them get through their shift. And we've said, hey, you know what? Um, anytime you want to hang out here, you're welcome. Because it's a good thing to have those guys around, right? 
But on this night, as I left the parking lot and turned out onto Harrison Avenue, I got probably about two or 300 yards down the road, and what did I see? I saw lights. And it was the same squad car. And I thought to myself, this is interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. You know, but because the officer has authority, I pulled over and I knew that as he figured out what was going on, he was going to be a little bit embarrassed. So he approaches my truck, he asks for license and registration, the same normal stuff. I slipped my business card in with those two documents that say, you know, Pastor Jared Katke, lead pastor at Rock Church. And uh, as uh, the conversation starts, he says, well, you know, what, what business do you have here, sir? You know, and I said, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm heading home. And uh, he says, well, you know, may, may I ask what you were doing in the church parking lot? And, uh, and I handed, you know, this is all I handed my stuff, and I say, well, I'm the pastor of the church. And he just went, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, you probably saw a few vehicles leave, you know, shortly before you saw my truck. I said, that was my board. I said, we were wrapping up a meeting, everybody headed home. And, and um, he did what he needed to do, and, and uh, you know, before he could just um, really kind of say anything else, I just affirmed to him, you know, thank you for doing your job, because you did what you did because you were looking out, not only for our church, but for our community, so thank you for that. But the reason why I pulled over was because, you know, that officer had authority, you know, behind him is the city, and behind the city is the state, behind the state is the federal government, and above all of it is a rule of law that is being enforced by that police officer. And, and, if, and if there was not a clear understanding of authority and, and the need to um, be under it, I could have said to myself, well, you know what, I'm the pastor of the church, I'm not doing anything wrong, I don't need to, I don't need to pull over, I can just speed up and head on down the road. And you know, sometimes I think we do that. I think we say to ourselves, I know the direction that I need to be going, Lord. I, I, I have a direction that seems right within my own eyes. And even though there are checks in my spirit, even though there are things that are not sitting well with me, even though there are, are spiritual lights and sirens in my rearview mirror of you, God, trying to get my attention, I'm going to continue to go my own way because I know what is best. And this encounter with the centurion and Jesus says, no, the authority that we live under is not our own, but it must be a higher authority. A higher authority. So that's the source of the kingdom authority that we are called to live and to operate under. But now, I want to give you the secret of kingdom authority. And I've got uh, just a, a short sentence that really illustrates it all. The secret of kingdom authority is this. All authority is linked 
to obedience. So you cannot have authority until you get under the authority that is over you. See, this is the reason why Satan knew that he had to tempt Adam and Eve in the garden. It was because they had been given dominion, but if they would disobey, they would forfeit that which God had given them. And really, that encounter in the garden, it it simply reminds us of every situation that we find ourselves under when we have a choice to make. And a part of the way of, of discovering the right answer and the right direction is this. You need to evaluate what you are going to forfeit and what you are going to gain. And following that direction, Adam and Eve forfeited the blessing that God had given them for a false promise of being like God. So they they forfeited the absolute best for something that was less. And you know what? The devil and our flesh want to repeat that pattern in our life over and over again. Sin and temptation on the front side always have an appeal. But we know the reality, as Scripture declares it, It is but for a moment. So the secret to kingdom authority is that all authority is linked to obedience. And to get what God has, we go God's way. I use a phrase occasionally. Um, It's usually in the context of trying to navigate Uh, you know, difficult and challenging circumstances and maybe giving people counsel in the middle of it. But it goes like this. You know, don't expect a Bible outcome if you don't do it the Bible way. All authority is linked to obedience. So we see this example in Christ himself. Sometimes we think Jesus played by a different set of rules. You know what? He had a free will. But the scriptures say that he was obedient unto unto death, even death on a cross. But I know that when we begin to talk about topics like obedience, sometimes there's a difficulty and applying it to our lives because we have a narrow view and not the broad view. For some of you, as we think about this idea of obedience and how it is linked to authority, you see a picture in your mind of obedience as like a checklist. And it's, it's very task-oriented. And, and, and maybe it's even crossed over into uh, the realm of being somewhat legalistic. 
And, and, and I want you to know this morning that the, the biblical concept of obedience is very much about the actions that we take, but it is also about the heart that we take the actions with. Because we are called to walk not out of a sense of legalism, but out of a sense of love. Love for God that flows from an understanding of what He has done and what He has given us freely that we could not earn or attain in and of ourselves. And as we comprehend that, and as that reality settles into our lives, and as we grow in our understanding of the significance of that, suddenly my heart is not tracking down a, 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 a path of legalism, but rather it is tracking down a path of appreciation for what God has done Understanding that He has given me the power to do what He has called me to do. And I just kind of believe that on some levels that's the essence of the Christian life. It's like as we grow in maturity, as we grow in understanding, as we continue to apply uh, these things to our lives, our heart becomes more whole and bigger and more full because we are doing what we are doing not just to check a box on a list, but because we understand what God has done. And we willingly yield ourselves to Him. So the obedience that we are called to is not just an act of the mind, it's an act of the heart. It's not just a matter of duty, but we obey because we love Him. And that spirit of obedience is just as important as the act of obedience. Because we serve the Lord in humility, in singleness of heart, and of love. Now let me just give you one last thing, and I'll do it quickly. We've had the source of kingdom authority, the secret of kingdom authority, and now I want to give you the strength of kingdom authority. And it's going to tie right in um, to what we've already talked about. So on some levels it will, it will sound familiar. But the centurion understood in verses 7 and 8 the strength of authority. He surrendered to someone else's authority. He had authority in and of himself. But he surrendered to the authority of Christ. That's where our spiritual strength comes from, when we surrender to Christ. But to unpack that surrender a little bit more deeply, I want you to understand that there's a difference between power and authority. Authority comes from a higher office or position. Power resides within the person. We have to understand this because sometimes we get the two mixed up. Uh, sometimes a person might have uh, unique traits or characteristics that, that might make them a little bit more powerful than, 
the next person, and that can be misconstrued as authority, and it's not. Something that I'm hoping to uh, be able to see in the fall illustrates this, and that is football. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm hoping to be able to turn on a game in the fall and just enjoy you know, uh, a game that uh, I played and a game that uh, I love. And, and what happens on the football field illustrates the difference between power and authority because on the field are the players, and they are big and they are fierce and they are powerful and they are fast and they are talented, they are gifted, and the higher level you are watching, the more powerful they are, the stronger they are. But then on the same field, uh, you have an individual that is usually the smallest person on the field, and that person is the referee, dressed in, in white and black stripes with a whistle, no helmet, no pads, armed only with a, like a bean bag and a whistle. But that, that, that least powerful person on the field of play can stop the game, can review a play, can even send a coach or a player into the locker room and ban them from coming back onto the field. And the reason for that is because there is a difference between power and authority. Power is within us. Authority is given to us. And when we gain strength through surrender, we are living out and experiencing a Christian life where Jesus says to us, you, my child, are the little guy on the field. Listen to the words of Jesus Himself. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I've had people ask me, what's the deal with the serpents and the scorpions in that text? It's not talking about the literal creatures, but rather talking about in that context spiritual enemies and demonic powers that stand against us. When we are in Christ, those things that rally against us, that have great power, Jesus tells us that when you face them and you are under my authority, you have authority, you're the little guy on the field that can throw a flag, that can blow a whistle, and that can kick somebody out of the game. He's given us His authority to execute the plans and the purposes of His kingdom. And I, and I, I want some of you to get that today, and I want you to know that because of that, it's time to tell the enemy to take a hike. Let's loop back around to where we started. You do not have to walk defeated. You can walk in victory because of what Christ has done. You need to understand the position that you occupy on the field. You need to recognize the substance of what Christ has given you because of the cross. And when you do that, you walk in a kingdom authority that has the ability to say to those powers of darkness and spiritual foes, Take a hike. 
Sin, you don't rule over me anymore. Those things that masquerade as good, that want to sidetrack me, I see you for who you are, and you don't have power over my life anymore. But here's the challenge that we all face. It boils down to this. Either surrender or settling. When we surrender, we have kingdom authority. When we settle, everything that we have talked about this morning becomes watered down and becomes something that flows in and out of our lives with inconsistency. And today, as we look at this very unique encounter that a a Roman centurion had with Jesus, we are being reminded that when we surrender, we can stand against and not be overcome. We don't have to live defeated. So I want you to remember that authority comes from Christ. Authority is linked to obedience. And that spiritual surrender is the daily process that helps us to walk in it and to know it fully. So as we conclude, I'll just ask you to stand with me. And let's just begin to ask the Lord to make application in our lives. Maybe there's a coming under of the authority of Christ that needs to happen in your life in some area. And I just pray, Lord, that you you would reveal those ways that we have... Uh, perhaps inadvertently placed ourselves under the authority of another. You know, maybe the, the walking in obedience has been kind of a start and a stop endeavor. It's just been kind of a, uh, a, a very disjointed and not very fluid kind of aspect of your, uh, your, your, your actions in following Christ. And today you just say, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to find consistency in my, my obedience. And it begins by just addressing the heart. And where the heart is and the condition of the heart, Christ is able to transform us. So I'm going to just give you a moment to have that conversation with the Lord and to bring application to your life. pray that you would hear what you are calling us to do. I pray, Lord, that we would see the path forward. 
pray, Lord, that you would help us to know those specific steps that each of us need to take. And I pray, Lord, that each of us would leave here today with a renewed conviction that understands that we can walk in victory and not be defeated. That process begins by knowing Christ as Lord and Savior, and we want to give opportunity for that as we do regularly. And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I have not put my life under the authority of Christ, but you need to take that step. I'd like to just pray a prayer with you that establishes faith. You can let me know that that's a decision that you're making today by just simply raising a hand, and we'll pray a prayer together. But is there anyone here today who would just say, you know what, I need to make Christ my Lord and my Savior? Give you just a moment. Encourage you to respond to the Lord today. So, Lord, thank you for this time that we have shared. I pray that as we go, may we go in your grace and in your peace. I pray that you would watch over us and keep us. And I pray that you would bring us back again safely and whole. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for being here today. It's been great to worship with you. Go in the grace of God. Encourage one another on the way out. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we look forward to having you joining us in person for a service soon. Our service times are Thursday nights at 7 o'clock and two services on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. God bless you.